It is week two of the Syracuse football season, and the Orange have a chance to get to 2-0 for the second straight year. This time, they square off against a Western Michigan squad that has historically indicated we are in for an absolute shootout on Saturday in the Dome. It's your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. Let's get right after it. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? What's happening? Welcome to your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. It's your boy OV saying thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts. That's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Today we're breaking down Syracuse's second game of the fresh 2023 campaign, the Orange, with a dominant week one victory over Colgate. But what we said last week as we were breaking that game down, it didn't necessarily tell us all too much because of the talent discrepancy between Syracuse and Colgate. Week two, things elevate a little bit. You're going to see a bit better of a football team in Western Michigan, but I don't think that should indicate that Syracuse is at risk here by any means. I want this crystal clear at the start of today's episode that Syracuse should have another convincing win under their belt 24 hours, 24 plus hours from now uh, when this game wraps up. Syracuse should be 2-0. and And what we even said last week as we saw Syracuse in the opener and we saw what Purdue did in their season opener, Syracuse should be 4-0 heading into the ACC opener against Clemson a couple of weeks away. This is another very winnable game, but it is a game that has historically been a shootout for Syracuse. This will be the third iteration of the Orange and the Broncos playing each other. The previous two games have averaged, I believe, 92 combined points in each game. 92 points a game on average in the two previous iterations of this matchup. It was the 2018 season and the 2019 season, the most recent uh, being, you know, run under Tommy DeVito, the original meeting uh, with the Eric Dungy led orange, both of which scored a ton, uh, got to the end zone, found their success in terms of scoring, but Western Michigan put up their fill as well. When we look at this team, what is, what is this Western Michigan team? Who are they? What are you going to look for in this game? I think historically, uh, this was a squad that you expected a little bit more from in terms of a passing approach. But this is a new squad. This is a new team, and they have a new head coach in Lance Taylor, uh, who is the first-year coach of the Broncos, a guy that spent some time in the ACC in the past working with Louisville uh, and also worked you know, indirectly in the ACC with Notre Dame, a guy with high-level experience, not necessarily uh, as the head coach at this point in time. So a newfound, you know, system where he's coming in, early head coaching stuff, 
And what you saw in game one from Western Michigan is not necessarily something that you're going to see them do and go out and score the 40 points they were putting up. And they beat St. Francis 35-17. That doesn't really tell me anything. What I see in this team is not really a squad and a play style that is going to permit the 40-ish points per game that you've seen Western Michigan score against Syracuse in the past. What I see is a real ground attack from Western Michigan. I don't know if it's necessarily one to be feared, but this is a team that runs the ball almost three out of four plays. Last week in their season opener, they ran the ball 67 times compared to 26 pass attempts. It's a team that's going to push the ball on the ground. They're going to pound and pound and pound. I think Syracuse can stop them, led by Jalen Buckley, Zahir Abdus-Salam as well, 50 combined carries between the two of them. Buckley averaged six and a half a carry, not a bad stat line on 30 carries for 194 yards and a touchdown. Solid first performance, but let's keep in mind that's against a St. Francis. What I'm looking for in this game, and for those of you that remember last season, especially in that five-game skid, Syracuse struggled to stop the run. This is an offense that in week one said, we're going to put the ball on the floor and we're going to continue to run. I would assume they do that in week two. It seems like that could be the makings of the early identity for this Broncos squad. And so you're going to look at Syracuse and the D-line for the Orange to see what are they going to do? Can they step up in this game? Are they going to show that they are making these adjustments, especially against a lesser opponent in Western Michigan, right? When Syracuse struggles against the likes of, uh, I don't know, a Notre Dame rushing offense that's got power and an outstanding O-line, things of that nature, right? I, I get it. This is not a team that I am willing to make an excuse for why you got beat on the ground. What I'm looking at right now is is the likes of that defensive line. In Okachukwu, in Darton, in Dennis Chakras Jr., in Kevin Jobody, if he's out there, right? Whoever's on that D-line, I'm looking at them to see what kind of game they can do. And you're looking at the linebackers, right? Both of whom contributed to a shutout for the Orange last week against Colgate. Can they do it again? Can they stop the run? Can they be a presence in the trenches on the D-line and also in the linebacking core? to keep the run game of the Broncos in check. That's going to be one of my bigger questions, and that's getting a little bit ahead because I think that is one of my bigger questions of the game for Syracuse to succeed here uh, and look in terms of the answers for them. When you look at Syracuse, it's a game they should win. It's a game they should win comfortably. Uh, and situationally, timing-wise, I don't think you know that's something that you should be all too worried about. I've mentioned this time and time again. The everydayers are probably sick of hearing it, the schedule for Syracuse is a nice little roller coaster uh, where you're getting easiest, a little bit more difficult, a little bit more difficult, and then a slightly easier game in Army heading up to the highest peak of the mountain in that three-game stretch. And I haven't really talked about it all too much even. That stretch got a little bit easier. I'm not sure how good Clemson is. That was a team that looked like, hmm, I don't know what's going on. Not a strong look in week one against Duke. The offense looked terrible. The defense looked okay. I'll give them that. But this is an offense for Clemson that really wasn't doing much for me. Uh, so that first game in ACC play for Syracuse, 
a little bit more winnable than it was seven days ago. You look at that and you see what that means for Syracuse, right? A schedule that we've already talked about being pretty simple, getting just a skosh easier after watching what you saw to Clemson in week one. I look at this as a nice building block game for Syracuse. And you look at this as an opportunity. And by the way, if Syracuse wins, when Syracuse wins on Saturday, as they're supposed to, be the 750th program win for the Orange. How about that? Read that in the game notes. That's a good one. Uh, 750th win for Syracuse football. Pretty cool. Uh, with that, we'll take a quick little break. We'll talk about our friends over at, let me pull it up quickly, Nutrafol, And then we'll get right back with some more questions, some keys for Syracuse, and what can drive them to success in week two. Nutrafol. All right, let's talk about it. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. You really don't. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair, no drugs, no compromises, simply better hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, visible thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Go to Nutrafol.com slash men to take their hair health wellness quiz, identify causes of your thinning hair, and Nutrafol will give you a personalized plan for better health and better hair, excuse me, better hair health through the whole body wellness approach that you can see from Nutrafol. And it works. In a clinical study, 84% of men showed improvement in their hair after six months taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplements. Take the first step to visibly, visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men and enter promo code locked on college. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code locked on college. Owen Valentine, Locked On Syracuse Friday, talking Syracuse and Western Michigan. Week two in the Carrier Dome or the JMA Wireless Dome, excuse me, the force of habit. Squeaks itself out right there for week two, a chance to get to 2-0, and uh, 3.30 kick. Get some tickets. Tickets are still cheap. Uh, get into the Dome again. Make some noise. Enjoy what is supposed to be you know, another fun outing for Syracuse, a front-heavy home schedule. Uh, you're not going to have all too many late-in-the-season opportunities to catch Syracuse at the Dome. So take them while you can. Uh, get there. Let's pack the place. Let's get loud. I think it was three false starts caused by Otto's Army and the rest of the Orange faithful in week one against Colgate. Can they keep the momentum going? We'll check that out. Let's take a look at some questions I have and some keys for Syracuse in week two. I will forewarn you, a lot of my questions this week are going to be relatively similar to the week one questions against Colgate. Let me explain. Colgate, I had questions about a few different units and what they can do, right? The, the question areas for the Orange heading into the season. We're looking for a little bit more, right? You, you saw a week one answer, but I would say when you look at that, and we've mentioned this, right? Colgate isn't really showing you much. It's it's not giving you anything. It, it's not a game where 
you can truly set things in stone and, and start to really solidify ideas. It's a game where you can form ideas. And in weeks two and weeks three for Syracuse, I think we're going to start to look and see which one of those hold water and which one of those are maybe just a sieve that we have formed about seven days ago at this point in time. The first question for me has to do with the receivers for Syracuse. And it's, you know, you're going to say it's, it's low-hanging fruit, but I'm looking at this receiving group, and it is a group that we talked about heading into the year. You know Aronde Gadsden is going to lead the pack. That was something we're aware of, right? There's no one here to say otherwise. But we're looking now at, at who is going to step into these other spots. And with Trevor Pena out, it opens up a window uh, as he's not on that week two depth chart uh, the last time I looked um, at this point either. Gives even more room for somebody to step up. You saw a ton of names really play solid. Amari Hatcher, uh, I think the biggest in terms of surprises, 105 yards on four catches and a touchdown. Could have been two, but Dino ripped on him in the press conference about that one a little bit. We'll give him a little bit uh, as well here on the show. Isaiah Jones uh, with a really, really solid game, 71 yards on three receptions. Donovan Brown uh, saw his name called a handful of times with five receptions. Aronde leads the pack with six catches, but just a shy bit under 10 yards a catch in that game. Syracuse had a lot of fun in that Colgate game, especially receiving-wise. As you look at the one, two, three, four, five, six different receivers that scored a touchdown in that game. That's Hatcher, that's Jones with two, that's Gadsden, Kendall Long, Damian Alford, and Daryl Gill, all finding pay dirt in week one. Dino mentioned this uh, in his press conference this week, I believe on Tuesday afternoon, talking about the, uh, it's a recurring sort of statement that he's given, the consistently good, not occasionally great. And it's something that he tries to embody at Syracuse. We're getting closer to consistently good for a while. Probably Dino's first five years, it was occasionally great. When you look at the flash in the pan that was 2018, uh, getting closer to consistently good in the macro of Syracuse football. That's what I think he's looking for. And what I think a lot of us are looking for in week two with regards to the receivers. You had some guys with a good game. Who can be that consistently good? Who can do it again this week and again next week? And that's what I think you'll start to see in this matchup this week against a Western Michigan team that I don't really know if you can judge their defense all too much after looking at a game where all they did was play St. Francis. I don't know if St. Francis means anything. It means just about as much as Syracuse against Colgate, in my opinion, right? I'm not reading too much into that. But let's think. Who can step up? Who can stand out? Because it is a room in this receiving core that after week one, your thinking has a little bit more depth than maybe you thought in week zero before Syracuse got out on the field. Will you think they have that same depth a week from now, two weeks from now, and as that season progresses? My next question has to do with, can Syracuse fix the fixes that need to be fixed? Can they fix the issues from last week? Penalties, especially early on, and recurring penalties, as Dino had mentioned a few times in separate press conferences. That's how you know it's a point of emphasis when he returns to it, not just in the post-game presser, but in his weekly press conference as well, right? 
getting rid of repeat penalties. Penalties do happen, okay? Syracuse was a penalty-ridden team last year. Not get back into bad habits, squash them early, and play a clean game in terms of penalties. Can they step in? Can they step up? And can they rid themselves of penalties in week two? And the second big thing had to do with the O-line. Because quite frankly, and many people have talked about it, many people pointed it out, Colgate got to the quarterback and got pressure on Garrett Schrader, I think a lot more than people wanted them to. And a lot more than I'm comfortable with for the team that Colgate is. I'm looking at the O-line, and I understand that the O-line is is still up in the air a little bit. And you've got Joe Moore not starting just yet. I believe the the ankle injury still apparently looming large as on the depth chart for this week. Uh, you've got Jacob Bradford listed as your starting right guard again. But we got to look at this O-line, and we got to see what they can do and what we're looking for them this week, right? You want to see them continue to grow continue to improve. Those are practice snaps. Those are in-game snaps. And the more you see from them, the better you want them to be, right? You want to see them take a stride in this week and really do a solid job at locking people out, doing that thing where you are keeping your quarterback protected and you're opening holes for the run game and you're not forcing Garrett Schrader to get flushed out of the pocket. He can when need be, but Hopefully, this week, some of those issues on the O-line are fixed a little bit, a little bit more consistent, and this is a group that continues to grow comfortable playing together so that when you look next week against Purdue, an elevated challenge, three weeks from now against Clemson, another elevated challenge, that game against Florida State, I think Florida State is in the college football playoff two, three months from now. Mark my words. I think that's how good that Florida State team is. All right? continue to grow, continue to improve, so that by the time you hit that most difficult three-game stretch, which two of the three games at this point don't even look as difficult as they did two weeks ago, you are ready, you're at your prime, you're doing things like that. Dino Babers, I didn't mention this this week, uh, had all the props in the world for David Wallaba for his week one performance at right tackle. Played a solid game, did his thing, did bash him a little bit because maybe that's not the same player he is in practice. But uh, he gave him some props. Good to see. Love to see that. And we'll continue to keep an eye on him in week two. My key for Syracuse in this game uh, has to do with stopping Western Michigan's run game. I don't think I need to give them an offensive key. I think the offense will do just fine. They'll score their points. And what will happen will happen. I'm looking, and my key for Syracuse is to shut down the run of Western Michigan. 75% of the time, they put the ball on the floor. Shut them down when they do it. Be a presence in the middle and force them to do things that maybe isn't the offense that they want to try and run. Force them out. Force them to do things that are not really in their bread and butter, not in their game plan, and have to air things out a little bit. And then let the defensive backs who showed out in week one do what they did in week one again. Take one more quick break. On the other side, I'll give you a prediction. And my bold prediction of the week, last week I almost hit it. We'll talk about that after some words from game time. Tickets. Buying tickets. It's stressful. I purchased tickets to Zach Bryan earlier this week. Zach Bryan got arrested yesterday. We'll not talk about that. 
But I purchased tickets to Zach Bryan this week. It was the most stressful ticket purchasing experience of my life. And I'm not just throwing that out there as a promo for game time. Genuinely stressful. It doesn't have to be that way most of the time. And buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. And game time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have. Last week, last Friday, Noah Khan was playing at the amphi- or at the amphitheater for Syracuse or in Syracuse. Tickets pricey in some spots. I checked the game time app. I believe they were fifteen dollars cheaper than the other three ticket locations that I checked. They're easy to find, easy to buy, and there's images of seat views with the lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection as well. Forget planning months in advance. Game time lets us procrastinators get deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, and use code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Owen Valentine on the final stretch of your Locked On Syracuse Friday episode. We'll have predictions. We'll have my bold prediction of the week in a second. But some big news. I do believe we are going to start going live after some of Syracuse football's or football games for the remainder of the season. So if you don't watch on YouTube, uh, you'll still be able to get it. But we will, in theory, be going live after the game this weekend on YouTube. If you want to check that out, you should be able to get notified. Uh, Subscribe to the pod on YouTube. Turn the notification bell on, and you'll get notified the second we go live post-game after Western Michigan. It's going to be something I'll try and get in a rhythm with, do most games. Obviously, if I go to the game, it's going to be tougher for me to go live afterwards, but uh, on games that I am not in attendance, we're going to start trying to go live afterwards. It's exciting. Let's get a prediction and the bold prediction of the week. Last week's bold prediction of the week for me almost hit really, really close. Uh, And I'm kind of ticked because I thought I was going to hit it. Uh, My prediction was that Amari Hatcher Aronde Gadsden, Isaiah Jones, and Donovan Brown would all have a receiving touchdown. No, and Damian Alford would all have one. Was it? I might have to go check the tape. I said four different. I did give Donovan Brown one, not Damian Alford. So I missed on Donovan Brown. It was Amari Hatcher, Isaiah Jones, Aronde Gadsden, and Donovan Brown was my prediction. Uh, and all but Donovan Brown scored a touchdown. Isaiah Jones with two on the week. My bold prediction for this week. I think I'm going to go on the ground game. And I'm going to go with my guy, LaQuint Allen, who had a great week one. And 6.7 yards a carry in week one for a t- and a touchdown. I'm going to say LaQuint Allen rushes for 200 yards in this football game. Bold prediction of the week. LaQuint Allen, 200 yards on the ground in week two against Western Michigan. My prediction score-wise, I think Syracuse gets their points in here. I don't think it's going to be as many points 
as last week. I don't think they'll get to that many points again this year. It's not a bold take at all. I'm going to give Syracuse, let's say, 42-10 this week against Western Michigan. I think Western Michigan probably can score against Syracuse. I still think they win comfortably. I still think they get their fill on offense. I'll go 42-10 in favor of the Orange. Last week's prediction, I said Colgate would score 10. That was bad. Hopefully I'm wrong again. I'll take a 700-0 win for Syracuse uh, if that's what happens. All right. But 42-10 is what we'll roll with. If you got keys, you got score predictions, tweet at me at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you can throw it in the comments. I apologize uh, for not having more episodes this week. You guys know I'm a teacher. Uh, it was the first week of school. I was getting back in the swing of things, had a lot of work to do, uh, getting situated so that the kids uh, can learn something. So I apologize. I missed a couple of days. We'll give you a Saturday episode, a Saturday live episode to try and make up for it tomorrow. That'll do it for today. Thanks for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. That'll do it for me today. Uh, Thank you. Thank you for listening today, every day, really. Uh, But that'll do it. I'll see you tomorrow. Be kind. Make somebody smile. Enjoy your Friday night. Peace.